Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Haasman, and each week I get to talk to a new and different rock star in the promo industry, and this week is no different. It's a brand new guest joining me this week. He's the Executive Vice President of Facilis Group, Matthew Lamb. First time guest. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kirby. really appreciate uh, you having me on and all that you do to help people grow. Oh man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So I want to talk to you about sort of your new role in Facilis Group. Um, Not too long ago, you assumed this new role, Executive Vice President. So first off, congratulations. Um, And second of all, what does this new role mean for you and for Facilis Group? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, It's been a bittersweet transition into the executive team at Facilis because I love my role so much. You know, I basically spent the last 13 years of my my life flying around North America to visit some of the most successful entrepreneurs in our industry. And, you know, in the process, yeah, I learned a a ton, but more importantly, just was able to develop some incredible relationships. And, you know, these are some of my best friends now, and it's just been an amazing ride to help grow a business from the ground up. So it's been really fun. My, my new role with the executive team is to help shape our strategy moving forward. So, you know, it's obviously really exciting and we feel it's more important than ever. We've grown to uh, eclipse the billion dollar mark as a group this year, which we're really excited about. And, you know, we have a responsibility to our distributors <clears throat> and our suppliers to continue innovating and delivering value. So, you know, no matter what business you're in, you have to be really strategic in what you do and where you invest your resources. Yeah. Anyone in leadership knows the key to making this work is to do a really good job at deciding what not to do and where not to invest resources, right? Yeah. So my business school professor once said, and it's always stuck with me, is strategy isn't what you say it is. It's where you invest your resources. So, you know, it's about spending time, more time thinking about where we need to go strategically, whereas historically, I really specialized more in executing the strategy, you know, that was already in place. Right. So, and, and I think as an example of leaning into change, I think our president, Ashley McEwen, has just really stepped in to take the reins from Chuck Fandos, you know, one of the number one people in the industry at a pretty tough time. And I think she's done uh, an incredible job at just taking things in stride, leading our team uh, well through all this turbulence. And so that's been cool to see. And I've been really proud to be on her team. Mm-hmm. Now, what does this mean for Facilis? Well, as a technology provider for the top promotional distributors in our industry, you know, we, we have to keep up with the moving landscape. You know, the rapid ascent of e-commerce, globalization, automated fulfillment, and logistics networks, these have all fueled rising expectations uh, of end users. And so, you know, we need to change. We need to think differently. And I like to say we need to strive for discomfort because it's uncomfortable changing roles. And yeah. believe it or not, most people at Facilis Group have had to change their role in the last year or two. So while it's not easy and not comfortable, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, um, we brought on an extremely talented leader named Susan Kill recently, and she stepped in my previous role, and she's seeing the world with a fresh lens. And she's going to drive tremendous progress in that seat. Because, you know, what I've been doing for a long time she brings fresh perspective, a new skill set, and that's going to help the, the team grow to new heights. So, you know, the lesson here, I think, is to just get uncomfortable, um, lean into what's difficult, and that's likely the right path because that's how that's where growth happens. Yeah, I love that, man. It's, uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, Paul Kiwi said that to me one time where he, another industry sort of uh, mentor, uh, where he said that success begins just outside of your comfort zone. And I think there's a ton of truth to that. So it actually leads nicely into my next question. So this is something I've sort of observed and and you can either agree or disagree, but I, I sort of, it seems to me that salespeople and entrepreneurs have either really struggled or have actually done pretty well. And it, 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 it's like, it's the folks who've done well, don't want to brag about it, but it's like, they're either so busy, they can't keep up or the, the people are really struggling. And so I'm curious to, to know what differences do you see in those groups? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you ask this. It's, it's one of the trends we identified because every year we kind of crunch all the data that we see across our group and what we can get our hands on in the industry. And for the last few years, we've identified this trend where the highest producing sales reps are generally have, have a higher growth rate and the lowest producing uh, are struggling and have been actually in a, in a pretty steady decline. And I'll qualify that as saying the highest volume million dollar producers or greater. And then lowest, you know, the lowest category that we looked at it is, is 300,000 or less. And so I think this is a good uh, discussion at any time. And it's, it's a question I've been fascinated with most of my career trying to seek that answer to. And, you know, one of the things that I think there's a lot of common ground here is my point. I do want to touch on some thoughts that are unique to this year, but I also yeah. think it's a great opportunity to just kind of talk through this in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. I'll tell a quick story that um, probably is 10 years old. Early in my career with Facilis Group, I was kind of doing this deep dive on the numbers and saw, you know, was asking myself, what's making these reps that have had, these are, you know, really high producing reps coming off tremendous growth years. What, what are they doing that's different? So I just picked up the phone and I had a, a, about an hour long interview with five different reps that all meet, met that criteria. And, you know, a couple of the key takeaways that always stuck with me from that exercise is one, there's a lot of ways to be successful in this business. And these reps, aren't, there's not one way to do it. You know, as an example, one rep never left the office. Their creativity was thriving, and uh, that's what worked for them. The next rep I spoke with uh, was in front of people all the time. They were a people person. So they found what what worked for them, and they really worked that. Um, So different styles, different strengths, but there was one common denominator. All these different, you know, if you, if I asked, if if you called one of these reps and interviewed them, you'd ask all the same questions I did, right? Mm -hmm. Just trying to get that answer. Um, the one question that they all had a pretty much the same answer for was I asked them to walk me through a typical day of theirs. So every one of them without hesitation had something to, to walk through. You could, you could tell they, they weren't just thinking about it or making it up on the spot or giving me lip service. They had a system and they were working it. They lived and breathed it every day. And that's what made, that was a big aha moment for me. So, you know, I'd like to look at this question from two angles, and um, I'm going to lay out or suggest maybe four of the things that I think about that really were from 2020, but also tie it back to uh, normal times. And I'd like to first look at those things from a normal time standpoint. So, you know, adaptability is big this year. It's, it's one of the themes. Mindset is crucial, and I think more so now than ever. Uh, I'm a big believer in empathy in sales and that being a huge uh, attribute and, and habits. So, you know, adaptability, if you're a hammer 
just looking for a nail and every prospect client project looks the same. Uh, and if you're a nail, I can help you. And if not, I'm not, not going to be there. You know, winners are able to adapt because they're, they believe in themselves. They believe they can add value and, you know, they have confidence in being able to deliver a solution for the client they're working with. So I think adaptability is, is a key part of that answer. Yeah. My mindset is, you know, absolutely crucial. Um, you could speak, uh, you know, I, I'll tell a quick story to try and illustrate this point. So we have a, a program called Facils 360. You know, it's a few, it, it launched about four years ago. It's really designed for top producing sales reps to help pour gasoline on their, their success. And, uh, you know, we we've had tremendous success with it. The first group that went through averaged 43% growth. The group that went through, we just finished it up last week. They, they averaged 33% growth. It's a really incredible thing, but not everybody succeeds with it. And, and at the end of the um, program, we always survey everybody, uh, you know, what are your key takeaways, et cetera. And the ones that really didn't do well end up giving low marks and blame it on the program or blame it on the economy and, you know, you kind of get my, my point. So I, I, whereas the, the, the ones we've had about 20 mil, different uh, million dollar producers go through the program and every one of those gives it glowing reviews and, and, and really emphasizes the thing, their, their key takeaways, the things that they learned in the program that helped fuel their growth. Mm. You know, I think that mindset, I've just seen it time and time again over the years working with these different reps. You can almost, you almost could just have a conversation with somebody and know, which camp they fall in. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, um, again, I do want to touch briefly on what that has looked like this year, because I think 2020, no doubt, has brought more challenges with it. Yeah. Um, the third point, empathy, you know, I, I just want to highlight the four most important words ever spoken to me, which is, it's not about you. And I think those are the words that begin the word, uh, the book, Purpose Driven Life, but, you know, really important words to understand. And if you realize that, you know, life isn't about you. It liberates you to enter into other people's worlds and, you know, seek to under, understand them. Yeah. Uh, and then fourth, I just read uh, habits. You know, I, I just read a, uh, a statistic that Duke University did a study on that 45% that of your actions are automatic or, or habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty alarming statistic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, if you're not being intentional, that is alarming. Yes. Right. <laughs> So, you know, I think that's a good thing to, to think about uh, is what habits do you have that are really serving you in, in, a, in a positive way and, and which are on a negative way. So just really quickly to touch on those four things from a 2020 standpoint, you know, adaptability, we had, uh, we have seen this for the last several months as we track the numbers, business retention is at an all-time low, not surprisingly, right? You have events fall, uh, yeah. just not happening. You have certain sectors just having freezing uh, spend and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of uh, reps and, and uh, clients have, or companies have just lost their top accounts seemingly overnight. Right. Whereas new business development with the PPE gold brush is through the roof. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think the ones, if we go back to that March, April period, it's really clear now, right? Looking back and seeing the companies and the reps that adapted their ways and their styles and didn't sit back and bemoan what was going on, uh, they've thrived in this in this time. And we've seen that. And I think there's a great lesson to learn there. Um, from a mindset standpoint, 
I think there, it kind of plays off the adaptability piece, but you know, if we, I think our industry has had pretty, you know, kind of pretty flat growth, nothing too exciting. Um, and that creates an environment called, you know, red ocean environment where we're all competing for the same market share. Right. Well, I would argue that 2020 has brought some much needed blue ocean to this industry yeah. that, you know, really just turns it back to, we always talk as an industry about selling solutions and being part of that solution. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been really alive and well here. And I think it's a great opportunity for, for companies and reps who have been doing this a long time to think differently and to realize I can, I don't, I can sell differently and be a different type of solution provider. So to me, that should be one of the big takeaways for our industry. Yeah. It's also expedited a lot of our, you know, much needed innovation as an, or, as a, as an industry of getting mm -hmm. caught up technology wise and, and otherwise. But anyway, those are just some thoughts as yeah. it pertains to, to, to 2020. No. And dude, that was the, you went deep there and I really appreciate that. I, it's funny. I think those four keys, as you said, are true all the time, but as you were going through them, I, I think through the times during 2020 that we were, our company was doing well, it's when I was doing those things. You know what I mean? Like um, when we started to come back, I think empathy was a key. Um, obviously, adaptability, we had to change. Um, but for me, empathy was our team would say to me, well, all of my clients' events have been canceled. So we're not going to be able to sell them anything. And I, I was like, no, 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 no. All of your clients' events have been canceled. <laughs> they need to figure out how to market to their clients. We need to help them. Like right. we need to think through their problem through their eyes and figure out, and maybe as you said, not being everything, we're a hammer and they're a nail. Like maybe they need to do a radio campaign. Maybe they need to do whatever, but if we can help them by giving them good advice, they'll call us and right. we will become a trusted partner like we hopefully want to be. So I think that's terrific advice, man. So final question for you. Uh, you know, look, we've all talked about it, right? It's been a t tough year. Um, and I think we, every place we look, we see people talking about that. But as we record this, 2020 is starting to come to a close. So what are some things that you are doing uh, at, at Facilis Group or you personally to flip the script in a positive way so that we can sort of flip that calendar over in 2021? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and again, I'll, I'll go back to the, I couldn't agree more with what you said. It's, it's going back to the blocking and tackling and the tried and true. And oftentimes we try and get creative with solutions in times like these, but it's, it's that tried and true. So I'm going to stick with that and the habits mm -hmm. and goals Yes. and keep sticking with that theme. So, you know, I would encourage everybody listening to just start with a couple simple questions, right? What's the number one habit if I stopped? it would generate a better version of myself. Mm. What's the number one habit if I started, it would generate the better version of myself. And, you know, maybe begin your planning process and, and your, your, your growth plan for next year, personally and in business with, with those couple things. Mm. And, you know, goals, I'm, I'm big, big in, in goals in heaven for a long time. And, and if you have, and if you invest heavily in planning and, uh, and reflect, reflecting on planning, and you know setting goals accordingly life becomes a lot clearer so just yeah. take that time to reflect on some of these insights and you know december as we record this there's no better time to do it yeah. and you know yeah. just ask 
some broad questions instead of just diving right into one specific problem that may be on your mind at that moment. You know, what does success look like for me in 2021, right? Something that simple and just get laser focused on that. I mean, that's what we have really tried to do as a team throughout the year. And it's really helped uh, clarify our focus on, on what we're aiming towards and cut through all the clutter because it's easy to get distracted and, you know, just, one of my favorite quotes uh, this time of year is by Eisenhower, something to the effect of uh, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. And, and I think that's really important to emphasize that the, the planning process is so important. It gets you thinking about things a little bit differently. And sometimes I think it's a lot of times it can be more important than the end result itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we have a big advantage right now going into 21 because we're not going to get surprised. You know, we may not have a crystal ball. I'm sure we're, we're you know, things aren't going to go as well as an optimist like me thinks they will. But uh, I'm big on planning. I'm big on mindset, big on winning, you know, and I still hear some people on calls telling the gloom and doom forecast for the next six months. And I mean, for me, I just candidly, I want to stay away from those people as much yeah. as I can. I don't do Facebook. I don't watch the news just try and be aware of what's be intentional and and, and what you're consuming. And, um, you know, I think that's a big, big part of it. So I will wrap up with, with an article I just read uh, earlier this week that it was like a six page article in the wall street journal about the CEO of Emerson, David Farr. And he, and and it's about how he navigated the, uh, the pandemic and uh, it was really well done. But his, he ended the article with a quote saying, I like competitors that are still sitting at home. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Absolutely. you know, if you want to be on that train, be my guest, but we're not, we're not waiting around and we're going to get after it. And uh, I think that's the right mentality right now. Yeah, it's funny because I so the second question I asked you, it reminds me, I've been saying that there's two types of sort of distributors, suppliers, whatever, um, right now. I feel like they're the people who are saying when this is over versus now that we're here. Um, when this is over, they're just like, hey, I'm going to sit and catch up on Netflix. And, and when this is over, call me and I'll get back to work. And then there's the people who are like, hey, this is the reality we're living in now that we're here. How do we go about business? And I, I feel like that second group is happier right now because they've been proactive for the last six months. And right. uh, like, yeah, so if you're a competitor, feel free, stay at home. So that's cool. So you've answered my three questions. I, I really appreciate it, Matthew. This has been fun. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? Yes, I'm going to throw one at you that's along this, kind of tying in the theme from ours. So okay. what is the most impactful book article or video that you've gifted or recommended the most to others and i'd also like to squeeze in just out of curiosity what your favorite podcast is okay uh so for me i love reading uh so like i'm kind of ridiculous about it so i try to read between 40 and 50 books a year um, so for me, what I say is what kind of book. So like if you're an entrepreneur and you want to start a business, it's E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I give that to anybody who's starting a business. I think there's so much value in that. Um, if you're an entrepreneur who the other entrepreneur book I love is uh, Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. Um, it's more of a finance book, but it was kind of transforming for me uh, getting my finances. Uh, on the other side, if it's more uh, the marketing side, I love actually McCallowitz's Pumpkin Plan, which is more about marketing to niches. 
And then um, the other one I would call, it was sort of a, I don't know that it's on anybody else's radar, but it was a book that made me change my sales process, which is called High Trust Selling by Todd Duncan. Um, and uh, so those are, I feel like that covers a, a, a few rounds for you. So is that cool? Right. Yeah, and enough. then, so podcasts, the podcasts that I listen to, I, I am, when I'm listening to podcasts, obviously we do a lot of podcasts, but the way I consume it is sort of the traditional on my phone when I have time in the car on the treadmill. Uh, I love Akimbo. Uh, by Seth Godin. Uh, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, and I love Max Out by Ed Milet. I think he does a great job sort of interviewing a bunch of leaders around. So there's, and there's, there's several industry podcasts, SkewCast, uh, some other ones as well, but the, those are, those are the ones on my phone. Cool. Well, I'll have to check those out. I have, I have not listened to those. So thanks for the recommendation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Good luck in the new role and thanks for taking the time. We'll have to do it again. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Kirby. Take care. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.